Coming up, the MLB just announced the finalists for their major awards, so were any D-backs robbed once again? And part two, looking ahead to 2023 World Series favorites via BetOnline, so let's get into it. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Dimebacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to who? The always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.com. I'm there you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Lockdown Dimebacks on both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms, so please continue to tell your friends. And of course, one of those platforms is YouTube. We are getting dangerously close to 200 subscribers, so go to youtube.com, type in Locked on Diamondbacks in the search bar, and please hit subscribe on our YouTube channel so we could get our follower count up. <coughs> Excuse me. It's choked out of nowhere. But on today's podcast, we've got part two looking at 2023 World Series favorites via Bet Online. But before we get there, MLB announced their finalists for their major awards. That is Manager of the Year, Cy Young, Rookie of the Year, and MVP. And for a couple of those, we really felt like the D-backs had a shot at being named a finalist, right? We didn't count Manager of the Year. We we're like, okay, Toy Lovello, nice second half of the season positive run differential only two games below 500 but guess what you're not going to be voted a manager of the year finalist just because you finished two games below 500 in the second half of the season like that's just not good enough sir you looked ahead to mvp look i i love the d-backs i love what they did this past season i think they actually had a pretty solid season compared to expectations we had for them entering the year but did they have anyone that played like an mvp like christian walker had a near 40 home runs i don't think he was an mvp candidate Ketel Marte, a healthy Ketel Marte, we got that this season but we did not get the production over normal healthy Ketel Marte, and that guy is an mvp candidate but he didn't show it this season so not surprised there was no manager of the year finalist from the D-backs. Not surprised there was no MVP finalist from the D-backs either. But there are two awards that I was surprised the D-backs didn't even get named a finalist. The first one is Rookie of the Year because maybe surprise is too strong of a word because the field was pretty good and pretty strong. But I think the logical choice, of, uh, of course, as the Lockdown Dimebacks guy was to have a D-back as a finalist for both those awards because we knew Michael Harris and Spencer Strider, when we look at the NL Rookie of the Year, we knew those two were going to be top two in the NL Rookie of the Year voting. We just don't know which of those two guys are going to win. But number three, I think, was up for grabs, right? Nick Lodolo from the Cincinnati Reds, a nice starting pitcher, was going to be a potential finalist. We wanted our own Jake McCarthy named a finalist for this award, but... It's Brendan 
Donovan of the St. Louis Cardinals, who's named a finalist. And when we look at the NL Cy Young Award race, we wanted Zach Gallon, of course, to be named award. But the race was, again, stacked pretty close. And it's Max Freed and Julio Urias who beat out Zach Gallon because, of course, we know Sandy Alcantara is going to win the Cy Young Award. And so I thought at least Zach Gallon could get into the top three, be a finalist. But no, Freed and Urias beat out Gallon. So in the end, the D-backs get no one named a finalist. And my instant gut reaction was, that's just flat out wrong. MLB got this wrong. At least the Zach Allen with what he did this past season, franchise record with consecutive starts or consecutive innings of not allowing an earned run. It was like 40-something straight innings, right? It was like 44 straight innings. I might have the number wrong. I'm doing it off the top of my head. But regardless, it was like over a month between Zach Allen giving up earned runs. And the Jake McCarthy borderline looked like an all-star this season. So how did the how did both of those players not be named a finalist? Like I said, first reaction, MLB got it wrong. And then, so my take coming into this podcast after seeing Gallon and McCarthy not being named finalists was MLB got it wrong. Let me make the case for why they got it wrong. But after diving deeper into the numbers, it's hard to make the case that the MLB got it wrong. Now, I'm not saying Gallon and McCarthy shouldn't have been finalists, but I'm saying you can't be mad that a Max Freed or Brandon Donovan made it over those two guys because I think in the end, it was really, really close for those number three spots, and I'm not actually too mad. At first, I was very angry, very angry, very furious. It felt like those small market D-backs were getting looked over once again, but when you really dive into the numbers, like it's hard to make a strong, compelling case. You can make a case, but it's hard to make one that's overwhelming compared to the guy who was already named a finalist because Brendan Donovan, I mean, 281 average, a 394 OBP, a 773 OPS. So just the raw number is pretty comparable to a Jake McCarthy, a 283 average and a 769 OPS. Like the average and OPS are damn near the same. I think when you're looking at the traditional stat line though, Jake McCarthy crushes him in home runs and stolen bases. So I think if you had to make the case for Jake McCarthy, I think it starts there. But if you were to at least, if you even looked at the advanced numbers, like hard contact stats, exit velo, hard hit percentage, like that went Brandon Donovan's way. We know how great Jake McCarthy was runners in scoring position this season. I thought that would have been the major major edge for Jake McCarthy because he had a 403 average and a 986 OPS with runners in scoring position. That man always came through in the clutch. But Brandon Donovan, a 347 average, a 994 OPS with runners in scoring position himself. Like both of these guys just had really fantastic rookie seasons. And it's hard to make a strong case for one guy over the other. High leverage moments, Jake McCarthy, 389 average, 850 OPS for Brendan Donovan, 297 average, 880 OPS. Like pretty much the numbers are pretty similar, pretty close for both of these guys, which is insane. Brendan, Brendan Donovan, strikeout percentage lower than Jake McCarthy's with a higher walk percentage as well. So I'm not mad that Brendan Donovan got it over Jake McCarthy. I would have rather Jake McCarthy, of course, being the lockdown D-backs guy. But when you dive deeper into the stats, Brendan Donovan has a real case and he's deserving of being a finalist for Rookie of the Year. And the same can be said for Zach Gallon because I thought the real debate was Zach Gallon versus Max Freed. I thought Gallon had a better season. Like you look at some of just the raw traditional stats Zach Allen had a 2-5-4 ERA. Max Fried had a 2-4-8 ERA. Gallon had like one inning pitch less than a Max Fried while having more strikeouts. But 
Max Reed also allowed less walks. I thought the real advantage for Gallon was the fact that he led the National League in whip, 0.913, and hits per nine, 5.9. But again, you look at some of the, you dive a little bit deeper into some of the advanced stats, like Max Fried was better with runners in scoring position. Uh, contact percentage allowed, Max Fried was better as well. So like, again, I, I can't be mad how MLB decided to hand out these finalists at first i was mad at first i was angry at first i was furious but when you really dive deeper into the numbers as much as i want to say zach allen was the most deserving third finalist among him freed and julio urias my case isn't as strong as i thought it was going to be before i looked into the numbers uh, if i wanted to make a case maybe you say like the third time through in order Zach Allen is way better than a Max Freed. He can go deeper into ball games and still be as effective as that first plate appearance as opposed to Max Freed, who is at his very best that first plate appearance and gets a little bit worse that second, third time through the order. Like You really have to nitpick stats, but at that point, I'm just cherry-picking stats for Zach Allen. And then someone making the Max Freed case can do the same thing for him and cherry-pick certain stats. So I'm not mad anymore at first. Angry, furious, but after diving deep into the numbers and really sitting with the resumes of all the finalists, MLB, they did a good enough job to get it right because Max Fried is deserving and so is Brendan Donovan. Now, if you want to bet on who's actually going to be taking home one of those awards, you need to head to betonline.net because it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And one thing I don't have, though, is my overlay. So for the YouTube audience, you now see my betonline overlay. Sorry for the audio audience who heard me interrupt myself in the middle of my ad read but back to it and if you love sports podcasts you can find those at bet online as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts Moving on to number four, Sully, because I said number three was fun, but this gets even more fun at number four because we got the New York Yankees at number no. four and the odds no. at 10 to one. How do we feel about that? The Yankees. All depends on where Judge lands. <sighs> if Judge does not return, if Judge says, look, this is, a, this is a madhouse here and he's a California kid. I mean, could he go to the Dodgers? Mm. Could he go to the Angels where they keep piling up MVPs and having losing records? Arizona? Arizona? Sure, sure. Why not? Um, The Giants are a very wealthy team. They need a big bat in that lineup. The Giants are not as good as the 107-win team that they were a couple years ago, and they're not as bad as the 500 team as they are now. I think they're a low – I think they're a high 80, low 90-win team. Okay. And if you added a big bat in the middle of that lineup, I think they pick up a couple of those two to one games during the three to two wins. Um, the Giants had a very weird season. They were in, they were a wild card team for a big chunk of the year, and then they fell off a cliff and they wound up rallying to get back to five hundred. Um, seeing the way that the playoffs unfolded, I can't help but wonder 
what would have happened if they just kept pace with the Phillies and Padres and made it in because we all saw anything could happen. But San Francisco is a wealthy franchise. They are. There's money flowing like crazy in the Bay Area, and the Giants' Mm -hmm. popularity is still intense. And they were selling out games even when they were hovering around 500. You put a superstar like Aaron Judge onto that team and say, hey, you can still get big endorsement deals. You can still get lots of play, and you will be out of the loony bin that is the New York media. And the fact that he seemed a little PO'd about the contract offer, which, by the way, I I don't always frame my ideas whether a contract is good or not based upon how it helps the owners. But I felt that the contract that the Yankees offered him, which was, I think, five or six years, starting with his age 30 season, um, I thought it was a pretty fair offer. But then he goes out and hits 62 home runs and says, let's see how much more I can get out there. And I think that any chance for a Yankee hometown discount is non-existent. So he is going to go to the highest bidder. And we've seen that the Yankees are not always in the highest bidding game, despite their reputation. So if Aaron Judge leaves that team, then their offense stinks. Not is bad, not is hurt. It stinks if you take Aaron Judge out of that lineup. It's a bad offense mm-hmm. with an not a young pitching staff and a strange bullpen. If you take Aaron Judge out of this team, it's Jenga time. Do I think they'll have a losing record? No, but I don't, for World Series, I think they're a fringe wildcard team if you take Aaron Judge off of this team. Because well, who yeah. are you going to get to replace them? Who are you going to get to replace that production? I, I don't know. I, the I answer mean, is nobody. Unless you're picking That's off the answer. someone off the Angels, maybe, if you're picking off one I of mean, those. If you get players. on Shohei Otani, even if you acquire Shohei Otani, you're not getting Aaron Judge's offense. You'll get a very good offensive player and a very good pitcher. But you're not going to get a difference maker. So I it that now if Judge stays on the team, I think they're a mid-90 win team and a, and a legit pennant contender. But you remove him. I, I look at I don't know how war works. Okay, I really don't. They're a 99-win team with 99 on the roster. You take them out mid to low 80s. And yeah. and that's and right there. So uh there's a team I'm I'm sure didn't make there that I would like to bring up, but keep reading, keep reading. So that's okay. what that's four, right? Yeah, that's four. And if I'm the Yankees, I think you have to bring him back because after this iconic season, I think the fans are revolting if you don't bring Judge back. But I also think you're going to sign yourself a a death note with Judge in that contract potentially because Nick Swisher is predicting eight years. Eight years of Aaron Judge is going to become an arbitrage by the end of it because he's like 31 years old. He's not a spring chicken. Yes, but if he leads a team to a World Series title, then you can live with those final bunch of years. You really can't. You're goaded. You go to New York if he wins yeah. a World Series. If he wins a World Series, then those can be his victory lap. If he wins a World Series in San Francisco, those will be a victory lap as well. So, uh, I, you know, right now, I'm. It, it all depends on the, the the fate of Aaron Judge. 
Mm-hmm. All right. And I'm I'm more pro giving out like the Max Scherzer, Trevor Bauer type contracts where it's like you just load up the money, but do it for a short term deal. Give him five years. That. He's not going to yeah. do that. Someone's going to someone's going to pony up the money. But if I could give you more annually just on a shorter term deal, maybe he would do it. if it's like, OK, that guy's offering you eight, you know, eight for 30 a year. But I'm going to give you 42 million a year just for five years. I, I you know, maybe maybe it's something I would try to explore if I'm the Good. GM. But by the way, for those of you wondering, that's also our contract with the Lockdown Podcast Network. Oh, yeah. We're me and Sully locked in eight years, 300 million over here. And we're giving them a hometown discount, too, because we love our Lockdown Network. Checking in at number five on the World Series odds with the same odds as the Yankees, tied with the Yankees to win the World Series. Maybe the team with the highest expectations coming into this past season that disappointed the Toronto Blue Jays tied for fifth. With the New York Yankees at ten to one, the Blue Jays, uh, you know, they 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 just didn't have as good of a season as we thought. They fired their did they fire their manager? Yeah, they fired Montoyo. <laughs> I was uh, like, Man, it's such a long season. I couldn't. Remember. I know, and they they actually never were not a playoff team from the from Memorial Day to the end of the year. I'm stunned that they didn't make a managerial change the way that they just absolutely imploded in the playoffs against Seattle. Um, but they didn't – they need – look, they're a good team. They just had an inconsistent year, and they still made the postseason. So I, I think this is a team – I think Toronto is a – you know, should be a good team provided people are healthy. Um, I think they have a good quality core, uh, and I think they're deeper than New York. I don't think New York is – Toronto's in a situation if you remove one player, the entire team will fall apart. Um, so I have no problem with that. I have no problem with that. Um, there are other teams. There's a couple teams in the National League I would have put ahead of Toronto. Um, but uh, that's five. You're going to give me top five, right? Yeah, I gave um, you the top five. Maybe you want to hear the next five and then round yeah, it show me the next. Show me the next five. Okay, and just real quick on the Blue Jays, they basically have no important pending free agents unless you care about like a Ross Stripling or Anthony Bass. The core of this team is pretty much – yeah, so if you do not, this core is pretty much you're running it back with the same Blue Jays team. Maybe try to add a couple auditions, you know, additions in the offseason bullpen or whatever. And some auditions. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, and some auditions as well. And some transmissions. And some transmissions and, you know, some whatever issues you want to add to this team. But for the most part, it's going to be the same squad coming back. Next five, I'll just go through it real quick. You got the Mets at 12 to 1. You got the Phillies at 14 to 1. Padres tied with the Phillies at 14 to 1. You got the White Sox at 16 to 1. The Cardinals at 18 to 1. And then the Mariners at 20 to 1. I would have put the Cardinals higher. I would put the Cardinals a little higher than that. I like the Cardinals. I like the Cardinals foundation. Uh, The Mets are total coin toss. It depends really on the fate of DeGrom and Scherzer. Um, And. you know what the the sad thing is is the youngest team in baseball that came within, you know, probably a couple of hits from the ALCS is Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland is a super talented team, and I do not think they belong in the top five or maybe not in the top ten, but they're also in the bottom five for payroll. And this is a team that's obviously we saw them. They won the division. They were ninety some odd win team. They took the Yankees to a game five 
of the division series. They're loaded with young, exciting talent and an MVP in the heart of it with Ramirez. If they moved their payroll from the bottom five to just you know the middle of the pack, I'm not even talking about them going on a wild spending spree, just the middle of the pack, they would be able to add one or two bats. Again, not saying go out and sign Trey Turner and Aaron Judge, just a couple of more professional hitters in that lineup. If they had one or two more hitters in that lineup, they would have beaten New York. Oh, yeah. Always hoping for that little bloop and running around. They have all these jackrabbits on the team, and that's great. They need Ramirez and another couple of hitters in that lineup to be able to pull that off. And it makes me mad that the owner of that team, as he's sitting in a swimming pool full of money, doesn't I mean, he doesn't have to turn them into the Dodgers of Ohio. He just needs to, you know, get to a level where they're actually filling in a couple extra holes and, and just a couple of professional hitters on that team would I think make the all the difference in the world. And here they are, they're once again with the longest World Series drought, and they have a wonderful team. And they just need a little bit of improvement. I think they can go a long way. Yeah, and Sully, I think you would be sad to know that the Guardians actually check in at number 18 on the odds, tied with Baltimore, Miami, Minnesota, and the Texas Rangers. Teams ahead of the Guardians with better odds to win the World Series. The Angels, the Giants, Tampa Bay. The Angels? Yes, the Angels have better odds than the Guardians to win it all next season. According to our friends at BetOnline. I have no a little, little surprising. And maybe the most shocking name on this list at 100 to 1, and basically the bottom six tied for one of the worst odds in all of Major League Baseball to win the title next season. How about the Arizona Diamondbacks? Just disrespected. You talked about the Giants, how close they were. Well, at one point during the month of September, the D backs passed the Giants in the NOS standing. So that's how close the D backs were to making the postseason this past year. And they still are disrespected with the six worst odds to win it all next year. That's all I got. Tell you what, I'm going to go take $100. I'm going to go to bet online and mm-hmm. bet on the D backs. Oh, they win the yeah. World Series. I'll get my 10 grand. And I will get you a quality lobster dinner. Oh, okay. Or like red lobster or something. I said a quality lobster. There you go. I'm a native New Englander. You think I'm going to go for that red lobster BS? Red lobster is not a sponsor of the Lock and Pocket. So. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, we're going to get some Alaskan seafood, actually. Throw it back to an old sponsor. We're going to get some fresh seafood imported. Um, I don't know if we still got to work with them, but if they want to hook us up, I mean, I'm always down for some fresh Alaskan cod. And use promo code LOCKEDON. I don't know if it'll work, but use promo code yeah. LOCKEDON. Hey, we're, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, Miller Thomas, I'm your pal Sully. Uh, hey, by the way, everyone, it's the offseason. And I've said back when I used to do the Sully Baseball podcast, this is when you need these podcasts the most, in my opinion, because during the regular season, if you need a baseball fix, you can turn on a game, watch some highlights. But there's going to be some times coming up. I mean, it's already daylight saving. There was a couple of uh, commercials during the World Series where they're playing Christmas jingles with the two dudes from Scrubs. You know, it's like we're, we're already I'm, I'm already wrapping Christmas presents here. It's going to get chilly pretty soon. We're going to have those bowls of tomato soup and the grilled cheese sandwich and wrapped up in a blanket and watching, you know, great Christmas movies like Die Hard and Batman Returns. Okay. And uh, those are the days you're going to need a podcast like this because you want, I mean, for me at least, 
I mean, you know, I don't follow the sports. Well, before we hit record, Millard and I were talking about the fact that I'm totally ignorant about football. And he challenged me to name five players, five current players on the NFL. How many did I get? You were close. You had four. If Marshawn Lynch was still playing, you would have hit five. Yes, and Earl Campbell, if he was still – is O.J. still playing? O.J. Is, is OJ I, think still I think he's playing in, like, the street league right now. I think okay. he's playing so – I, I, you know, I got I to update my, I gotta update my uh, Google account. But yeah. uh, these are the shows because you're going to see Millard. You're gonna, if you're going to listen to H-Town and Eric, you want to listen to Ethan Smith or Stacey Gotsoulias or Lauren over there in Lockdown Red Sox, tune into us in the offseason because there are going to be those days – you know, I don't expect you to listen every single day, but there are going to be those days, God, I, God, I miss baseball. I miss baseball a lot. And I, God knows I'm going to miss baseball. But so these podcasts are vital in the offseason to sort of get you through it. We're going to talk about it and everything. And, hey, you know, let's look at this just one really positive thing about what we just saw last night when we wrapped up. Okay, we had some real legit thrillers in the postseason. We had some challenging pennant races. We had a great MVP debate, mm-hmm. whether or not you know sixty-two home runs versus being a terrific pitcher and hitter. What means most valuable? We had a no hitter in the World Series. All these great things happening. Do you know what we also had Miller? We had 162 games. We didn't think we were going to have that in March when we were sitting, when we were trying to come up with ideas for a podcast during the freaking lockout. So let's just be grateful that we have labor peace, at least for the next, what, four or five seasons. We're going to have baseball playing all the way through. And did I love the Universal DH? No. But that's a small price to pay for having 162 games for the next few years if we could just eliminate the automatic runner on second now we'll be talking and we should begin new more rules next season right no more shift or whatever right we should begin some other uh or some he other said shift he said shift for those of you who almost slapped us with a uh an explicit rating shift with the f shift yes yeah shift we got no more here. shift but uh yeah well, i mean i'm eager to see how the new rules better i'm excited for the new rules bigger bases Woo! more stolen bases I love right. it. I love more stolen bases. Love it. Well, my earbud just fell out, so that's a sign we got to wrap some things up. Any parting thoughts here, Miller? Hmm, parting thoughts. Um, no. Thank you guys for riding with us throughout the season. It was another fantastic MLB season. Come back, you know. Sully and I are still going to be doing this, and now it's my time to thrive because we're going to do more barbershop debates and more hypotheticals and just talk about narratives, right? No more baseball talk. No more talking about what's going on in the field. We just get to make up our own topics and conversations, which is really the point of the season where I just like to thrive, Sully. I, I have so much fun in the offseason. I'm looking forward to doing part of it. That's Miller Thomas. He's the host of Locked On Diamondbacks. I'm Paul Francis Sullivan. Call me Sully. I'm the host of Locked On MLB. This has been a Locked On Diamondbacks, Locked On MLB crossover for the seventh day of November 2022. Let's fist bump. And hey, have a great offseason, folks. We're not going away anywhere.
Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Shout out Silly Baseball for the crossover every Monday as always. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on Sports today going behind the scenes and beyond the scoreboard with our local experts. So go check that out wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.